Ready. Okay, we're live in three, two, one, action. It's the Redonkulous Podcast, starring Annie and Jeff and my coolest guy in the world whose name is James. It's Redonkulous. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Redonkulous Podcast, where when life gets tough, we get redonkulous. This is season two, episode five. I'm Jeff, and I'm joined today by Annie and James. We are the hosts with the most. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Episode 15. What did I say? <laughs> you said five. <laughs> Plus 10. So today we have a very special episode today and a very special guest. Um, but before we get to that, let's plug our socials. We are on Instagram, Redonkulous Podcast. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, don't forget to check out our Teespring. We have some merch out, and those are linked in the description below. So be sure to check that out. Without further ado, let's welcome our guest. Today's guest is very, very special. His name is Jeff, so already he's, he's off to a good, great start. <laughs> he is a registered dietitian who enjoys exercising, gardening, spending time with his fiance, two cats, and his fish tanks. He is an avid sports fan who loves to play ba basketball in his spare time. His favorite food is sushi, and his favorite color is orange. <laughs> in preparation for this podcast, he asked his fiance what to write in his intro. And she mentioned that he likes to watch The Bachelor and he is an altruistic person. Guys, please give the warmest and biggest welcome to our guest, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. Jeff, how are you doing, first of all? Doing good. You know, uh, it's quarantine day 30, whatever at this point. So, you know, I'm as good as I can be, I guess, but healthy. So. Yeah, I mean, just look at my hair. My hair is a freaking mess. I got to mow the lawn soon. <laughs> well, look at my hair. Food. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, mine's premeditated. You know, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was definitely well planned out, you know. So if you put some time into yours, you know, it, you can, it can look great, you know, so. Nice. Hey. <laughs> I got to go back to um, Annie's Barbershop. <laughs> that's right that's right i have my barber shop setting up soon ETL yeah, Wednesday. can't wait to see that <laughs> but jeff why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do i have another degree in journalism that i got prior to becoming a dietitian but really my background is mostly in nutrition um and i got my bachelor's degree in nutrition from uh, long island university cw post on long island um and I then went to get my uh, internship in, um, well, you have to do a dietetic internship. It's part of your schooling. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to do that through Northwell Health, very large healthcare system. We're all here in, in, in New York, I guess. So, uh, or I don't even know if we are, it doesn't matter. Anyway, and then uh, I started working for a New York Presbyterian Queens. It's in Flushing and I worked there as a dietitian. My background, though, I'm mostly in clinical dietetics, so I have more interest in patients when they are um, in a hospital or an acute care setting. I've also worked in a long-term care setting as well, and um, that's where my uh, dietetics background mostly is as far as what I do currently today. Cool. So what, yeah. made, you want, what made you decide to be a dietitian? So 
I always, uh, you know, throughout my life growing up as a kid, I never really ate very healthfully. Um, it was kind of like McDonald's all the time, Burger King. I'd come home nice. from from school and I wouldn't eat lunch because I was on Ritalin because I was a crazy. I was like crazy, so I would just go home and I'd eat an entire box of Cheez-Its for like lunch slash dinner, and that would be pretty much all I would eat. And as I grew up and I got older, the habits didn't really change, and I kind of you know, I was in journalism and it wasn't really for me at the time. And, and I was saying to myself, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I felt that maybe I should immerse myself in something that is something that I struggle with. And um, so I decided to just try out one nutrition class to post. And, you know, I really kind of fell in love with it. You know, food is something that we all take in like every single day. And yet I knew nothing about it. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to make a lifestyle change, then, you know, I really need to immerse myself. Plus, it works out because I like to work out. And so you really see better results when you have good nutrition. So that's, that's awesome. So yeah. what does your diet look like now today? <laughs> so, no, um, so my diet today is uh, it varies. You know, I try not to deprive myself of anything. I kind of feel like it's important. Like McDonald's? To- yeah, like McDonald's. Like every now and then, McDonald's is okay. But uh, you know, so like my for typically for for breakfast, I like eggs um, or a bagel with some toast, maybe some avocado in there. Um, sprinkle a little paprika on there; it's good stuff. Lunch is usually some type of chicken or fish or turkey or something like that uh, with some with grilled or steamed vegetables. And then dinner is kind of whatever's left over. So it could be pasta. It could be pizza one night it could be leftover chicken or or beef or anything like that nothing too crazy you're pretty typical american diet with like a a semi-healthful twist to it minus a couple of whoppers here and there some fries the whopper and fries here and there too you know look (laughs) our common friend christine shout out to christine um she actually showed us a video of you um (laughs) buttering your bagel (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) unreal is there a story behind that (laughs) there is so we all work in the same office so like uh you know you come in in the morning everyone gets their breakfast in the at the hospital it's free if you are in the food nutrition department which is a nice perk you get ten dollars a day for breakfast so we i usually get the same breakfast every single day and they all make fun of me for it but i usually get three or four scrambled eggs and then Ooh. I get uh, a bagel, and then I usually get like a bottle of water and like maybe yogurt or something like that. And so uh, every morning I come into the office, and there's usually not a computer, you know, because we have staggered shifts. So I'm waiting for a computer. So I'm sitting and eating my lunch mm-hmm. and, or my breakfast, excuse me. And I toast my bagels pretty dark, so they're kind of like crispy. So I take out the cream cheese or the butter, or whatever, and I start buttering it, and it makes like a really like, uh, I guess whatever the spreading sound is. And so Christine <laughs> has used it as a way to seek comfort. It reminds <laughs> her of home. So yeah. now, anytime I do it, they all love to record it and then play it on loop and on our work group chat <laughs> over and over and over and over and over. I wonder if some, somehow we can get that as a ringtone. <laughs> it might even be like an ASMR thing, you know, just have someone like whisper in the background while that's going on. you know like something like that you know 
I want to shift a little bit and, and talk about your work at the hospital. So it's different. It's not, you're not working with customers or clients, but um, with these patients, do you just observe what they eat and then you kind of uh, administer a type of um, uh, diet plan for them? What does your work at the hospital look like? So it depends, I guess, really on the given day. You know, this, you're right. It is different than wellness nutrition. I think a lot of people think of dietitian as somebody you go to when you want them to tell you what and how to eat and, uh, you know, and to yell at you for eating X, Y, and Z. You know, that's not really what we do. We're involved more with, um, again, as you said, sick patients. So my role would be uh, to go and do an interview with the patients. Um, ask them, you know, about their past medical history, if they have any food allergies, we talk about their diet history, appetite, weight loss. So we're really focusing more on a clinical perspective. What are their nutritional needs and how can we meet them? So is somebody malnourished? Is somebody not eating enough? Is someone lacking their protein intake? Um, and then we do devise diets. So there's several different diets. You can put somebody on, you know, a, a lower protein diet, a higher protein diet. You, you can put somebody on a diabetic diet or cardiac, low sodium. And then there's also the patients who don't necessarily, in our population, don't necessarily eat orally. They actually might have had a stroke in the past or they could have dysphagia and they're not mm -hmm. able to swallow foods. And so then we have to do things like uh, they call tube feeds and enteral nutrition is the fancy name for it. Pretty much where uh, the doctors will put a feeding tube down into the stomach and there's like a little syringe that kind of hangs out of their stomach, like an opening, and you feed them through a pump. And so we come up with the formula and the rate of the feeding and the drip rate and everything like that. Wow. And that's pretty cool. I wonder, can you sell that? Is that a mainstream thing that you can buy? Let's say if I didn't want to, for whatever reason, time saving, <laughs> time saving reasons, like if I just wanted oh, that to go. If you decided you wanted to save time and no longer eat. Um, <laughs> yes, hey, listen, you're driving in my line of work. I'm driving <laughs> on the road. You know, I could just drink it like a, like a shake, I guess, you know? Yeah, it's actually sold uh, commercially. You actually could buy oh, it like wow. on Amazon. And uh, you just need to get somebody to you know perform the procedure so it goes straight into your stomach and you're good you know i no was thinking of like oh drinking it you know you don't oh, like oh, i didn't know how far you wanted to go with this I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> you can not eat if you'd like no uh, you actually can drink it too yeah it goes down orally so you could literally go out and buy it and uh and take it and it will give you your full complement of vitamins minerals protein calories everything you need what? uh it's it's yeah it's pretty crazy so it's no, kind of like a supplement drink? In a way. Yeah, so they have like fancy names for them, like Jevity and like Glucerna. Jevity. But like, they're really just, um, it's like, it's like this liquid food that comes from like, like liver and oh. like, uh, like, you know, just different, different meats yeah. and vegetables and stuff like that. It's like synthetic kind of, it has real food derivatives, but there's like a lot of like synthetic stuff in there as well. But it's, um, so if you're looking for like an organic whole foods diet, it's probably not for you. But uh, if you can't eat orally, it is for you. So, you know, that's kind of how it goes. I'm just thinking because recently, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, I started Insanity Max 30 with Sean T, uh, that, that crazy program. And then during the breaks, he loves to plug his E&E shake. He's like, guys, go get your E&E shake. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, 
there's a lot of gimmicks out there with that kind of stuff, you know, like all these cleanses and everything like that, you know, I don't really subscribe to it. Um, but, uh, I mean, these tube feeds will definitely work if you want to, if you, uh, want to maintain your weight and, uh, and just skip food for the rest of your life. I mean, it's, you're good to go. You, you know, mentioned uh, you mentioned protein, and then I want to touch base because our mutual friend Christine was a vegetarian at some point and a uh, and a pescatarian, right? And I'm a vegetarian. So, what is your personal opinion on the vegetarian diet, um, and what is a healthy way that you can maintain that? It's a good question. So, I'm a big believer in plant based diet. Um, that doesn't mean that you should entirely just consume vegetables all day all the time uh, and then this totally neglect meat i think meat has its place as long as you eat it in moderation and you choose leaner proteins like fish and chicken um and turkey and things like that but as far as a vegetarian lifestyle is perfectly fine the way you would get uh your complements and protein is you need to eat a lot of beans and you need to eat a lot of whole grains so what do i mean by whole grains i mean like brown rice as opposed to like white rice quinoa is a good example of one it's actually uh, complete protein in itself, quinoa, but there's other whole grains out there, like there's farro, whole grain pastas that you can eat, all different kinds of stuff out there. So basically, just make sure that your significant other is okay with gases. Yes, correct. It's <laughs> going uh, to be rough, but you know, you'll make it through. Yeah, you'll be I'm, all right. I'm, I'm already used to it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So what, what kind of problems do you face if uh, you, don't get, you don't get enough protein? So the main thing, uh, as, as we get older, um, we technically don't need as much protein, but if you don't get adequate protein, you're going to really, what they call sarcopenia, which is a breakdown of the muscles. Um, so you can find yourself, uh, you know, being, having less energy, being a little bit more fatigued. Um, and also just not having the, the same muscle mass, you know, uh, it makes you susceptible to, you know, not recovering as well from a lot of different things, especially if you have an outward physical injury, like if you were to fall and injure a bone or injure a muscle without adequate protein, it can't really repair itself as well. Um, and then internally as well, if you don't have enough protein, eventually there's something called like edema, which is like a fluid buildup that you can get in your body due to a lack of protein. It's like your body just does not know how to properly allocate like fluids without adequate protein it's um without sparing you all the medical stuff it's, so you uh, get it's pretty swollen? yeah you get swollen actually yeah where does the liquid uh, build up like the so whole body or kind of, yeah it goes throughout the body but because of gravity it'll actually mostly build up in your feet and in your legs over time oh. um yeah and so if you don't have enough protein that's why sometimes in patients we'll see like that they're all swollen. Like, why are these people all swollen? They don't have any heart problems. They don't have any kidney problems. And it turns out that they just don't have enough protein. Uh, it's just one of the side effects of it. That reminds uh, me of an analogy that I've uh, heard about vitamins. So especially how vitamin C and vitamin D interact. From what I, my understanding is that vitamin D acts like a, like a traffic cop. It directs uh, the vitamin C where to go is that similar to how protein what you were talking about with protein yeah it, it essentially is that protein yeah I like to think of it as kind of like the gatekeeper and uh, if, if you don't have anybody watching the gate then the, the anybody can just open it and go wherever they want throughout the body what the 
Yeah, it's crazy. Now, most young people, honestly, in this country, to be perfectly honest with you, we get way more protein than we actually need. Maybe not you because you're a vegetarian, but everybody else because they, we love to eat meat in this country and we just eat it for like lunch and dinner. And some people honestly are like sausage bacon every morning and it's breakfast, mm -hmm. lunch and dinner. And it is way, way, way too much protein to the point where your kidneys are just like, I'm just going to pee this out. And like, that's just kind of what happens. So how do you tell uh, people that? How do you tell them to scale back? So I think the biggest thing is once you hear someone's like how they, they have, you have to really listen to what they're eating in their diet and then you kind of have to um, establish like a baseline for them and you also need to judge based on somebody's height their weight their age if they're male or female and then if you can determine that they're having too much I think you just the best thing to do is to just talk about incorporation of other types of foods in place I don't like to ever tell people to take away things I think it's always better to add more healthful things or in place of rather than using terminology like you should cut back on this or cut back on that. I don't really think it's effective. Um, so if someone was having too much chicken or, or too much beef or something like that, I'd say, well, how about uh, instead of, you know, that eight ounce steak, let's do six ounces of steak and let's add some broccoli to your plate. Something what like if they're that. like, oh, yeah, you know, instead of removing the McDonald's, why don't we add on Burger King? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you know what? I'm also kind of a firm believer in, you know, you should enjoy your life. And uh, if you want to have Burger King, then God bless because, you know, have you ever life. Have you ever tried the Beyond or Impossible Burgers? Oh, they're going to take away my license now. Um, <laughs> I have had the Impossible Whopper, and I gotta say, I do notice a difference. It does taste um, like artificial plant instead of artificial beef. So, uh, you know, I think I think you can tell a difference for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's even healthier to be honest with you because it's pretty salty yeah. too. To be honest, after having yeah, it's it the same. a couple times, it's really salty. Yeah. Did you enjoy it or no? I liked it because, like I said, for my line of work, I'm usually in the field. You know, I'm always on the go. So things such as Burger King or even Taco Bell, I love it. One of the things, and this is so bad, one of the things that I'm looking forward to most post-quarantine is getting that Taco Bell. I need my <laughs> seven-layer I need my Cadoba. I, I, love, I love that stuff. Mm. You're not kidding. Look. We're, we're dietitians or humans, too, you know? I, uh, I love that stuff also. There's nothing, there's nothing like a 3 a.m. like, like uh, I don't know, Taco Bell? cheese quesadilla or something like that. White Castle? Yeah. No, White Castle, too, is dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Oh, what are your views on alcohol? So I um, personally, I have Crohn's disease, which is a disease of the infection, and it's... Um, it's an autoimmune disease. So I'm not really able to drink a lot of alcohol. This is something I found out that I had in 2016. So it's, um, really it's ironic. Yeah. So, so it, it's, uh, it doesn't really allow me to drink a lot of alcohol cause it's, it's an infl it's inflammatory disease. So when I drink alcohol, my intestines, like it becomes very painful. So, um, it's not for me, but I feel that if others want to enjoy themselves with some wine, or even some vodka, some type of, you know, just liquor. I think that that's perfectly fine. If you want to have beer, that's cool too. Just beer is kind of a lot of empty calories and a lot of carbohydrates that are just going to sit in your belly 
um, because unless you're going to go and like run a like run a marathon after you have a ton of beer and burn it all, all those calories, those carbs. So on that totem pole, beer is on the bottom, very bottom. Yeah. Correct. But I, I, I believe in uh, alcohol, you know, I think because dietitians, a lot of us are accused of like, um, you know, just like strictly diet based, but it, but it also really has to do with your lifestyle. And if one of the ways to help you maintain a relatively healthful lifestyle is to relax with a little bit of alcohol, you know, every now and then I think is perfectly fine. Um, I have a friend that he drinks, drinks at least one time a week, you know, not a lot, maybe a glass or a beer. And that says, Jeff? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said one time. That can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says that, he, well, he believes that, you know, drinking it, the alcohol will kind of clean out the liver in a way. He's Is talking about true? himself. No. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Um, there are like in red wine, there's like an antioxidant effects. So something that will help. Yeah. Keep like your supposed to keep like your arteries clear. I don't know about cleaning out your liver, but it can be, there are studies that suggest that having like a glass of red wine a day actually can help reduce your risk for cardiovascular diseases. Sound like a doctor saying this weird stuff, but, (laughs) but, um, Yeah, so that is true. I don't know about the liver aspect. So what? So what red wine would you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> well, since I don't drink it, um, I would. I mean, look, a lot of people seem to really hate Merlot, so I would definitely avoid Merlot. Uh, Here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you like Merlot or no? No, I, I don't like it. Merlot. <laughs> he doesn't like alcohol. <laughs> oh. well, here we are. Um, I would say pretty much, pretty much really any flavor any of the red wines are per, are fine uh you know you're not you're not, when you're drinking alcohol you're not concerning yourself with like the sugar content or anything like that so you know god bless godspeed you know have what you want yeah, nobody cares about the sugar content you're looking at the alcohol content <laughs> that's right that's oh, right yeah. <laughs> so let's say if you have allergies is it possible mm-hmm. to get rid of allergies and boost up your immune system by changing your diet and exercise? So there's some research out there that suggests that like over time you can like decrease your allergies to certain foods through like slow immersion to it. Like I have a co another coworker um, who has been allergic to like nuts her entire life and uh, slowly but surely she's been working with an allergist and I guess now she's able to eat certain nuts and she's also able to eat salmon now. And I think uh, she was gradually reintroduced to the food in the office in a controlled setting. Um, And so it reduced her allergies to those foods. If you're referencing like seasonal allergies, there isn't necessarily a diet that is statistically validated to suggest that you can reduce seasonal allergies through your uh, lifestyle. Unfortunately, I only deal in the world of science because if I don't, I'll lose my job. So I feel like I am slightly allergic to spicy food, but I love it. Every time <laughs> I eat spicy food, my head gets all itchy, but mm. I still I still love eating it. <laughs> Is a head itching uh, allergic reaction? <laughs> or just just, just a 
taking out all yeah. the toxins. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a steam uh, coming out, but uh, yeah, that I I you know on for I wish I could speak to that that I don't know. I also am not a connoisseur of spicy foods, unfortunately, due to the the Crohn's disease as well, and also just being a mm. huge baby. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of allergies, the seasonal allergies is mm-hmm. is a lot of the cause environmental. Because I know um, a lot of people who come here for the first time here, as in America, they beforehand, prior, they do not have allergies or their allergy symptoms are not that uh, present. And they've noticed that, especially um, some of my relatives who've come here from Taiwan um, for the first time, their allergies just get worse. Is it it an environmental factor? What do you think? Yeah, I think that, in our environment here, it's different than in every single country. Uh, so what you're alluding to, uh, I think that we just might also have different, different trees, different oxygen, different um, like pollutants and, and, um, and allergens actually just floating around in our particular um, part of the world and others. So uh, the seasonal allergies could just get worse because you've had a lack of exposure to these things and you never previously built up any kind of like antibody or antibodies or anything like that. So your body is just kind of um, having a, having a reaction because it doesn't really have a way to, to process it. So the, that makes the reverse is true too. Let's say if we were to go and move to Australia or whatnot, we could all of a sudden start having allergies that we didn't have before. That's right. Yeah. Cause you don't, you know, uh, a body's the allergic response in the body actually comes from the protein, um, in the allergen. It's like your body's reacting to the protein. Um, so I guess if really you've never been exposed to it, your body's kind of like, well, what the hell is this? And starts to react to try to like find a way to let you know that, that shit's pissing me off because it's making my nose itchy. Like that, you know? like, so oh. that specifically, like you said, uh, the immersion technique that you referred to earlier, that doesn't mm-hmm. apply to this type of allergy at all. No, no, no. That was in reference to food allergies. Yeah. That's why like now they That'd say be hilarious. Like, like, Oh my God, you know, something's pissing your body <laughs> off. Let me stick more of it into my nose. I know. Incredible. Right. I wish, I wish. <laughs> but uh, it's actually nowadays, and I, I hate to drag you off, uh, you know, off your topic, but in um, they're now saying like, you know, when we were growing up as kids, they didn't want to give kids peanuts too young and stuff like that. They were afraid of like peanut allergies. Now they're saying toddlers like ages one, two, three years old, you should be giving them things like fish, peanuts and milk and other common allergens to build up like a tolerance to it, the antibodies for it. It's interesting. Yeah. We have a uh, almost one year old. I gave him peanut butter when he was around eight months old and mm-hmm. he's fine. So I, I just wanted to try it out too because I was scared that he was going to be allergic to it. Yeah, I would actually give him, uh, I mean, this is not medical advice. I just want a disclaimer, but I would recommend uh, you can continue to give him the peanut butter and try to uh, incorporate that, you know, because as he as he gets older and he's in the school, you don't want him to be that peanut allergy guy, you know. Nobody, <laughs> nobody likes that. <laughs> Annie, what about Serena? So our niece has a walnut, walnut allergy. Walnut. <laughs> made up a new nut. She has a walnut allergy. Right. Yeah. And um, she's okay with um, peanuts, but when she eats almonds or tree nuts, she'll get yes. like really itchy and she'll like try to scratch her tongue. Huh. 
Yeah, she's probably one of the, you know, millions with the tree nut allergy. I wonder if she was, how old is she? She's two and a half. Huh. I don't see, you know, the problem is that they make these suggestions in nutrition all the time about like, oh, this is what you should do. And then they find out five years later that you should do the complete opposite. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if immersing her to the, immersing her, immersing, well, you get the point, yeah. in the nuts um, would have actually benefited her or not, or even if she had been previously, and then the allergy just kind of surfaced now. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I think working with an allergist, uh, you can eventually overcome these food allergies. Some people, if they're mild allergies, if you go into anaphylaxic shock and you can't breathe, that's yeah. probably not the allergy you want to work on. <laughs> yeah. You probably should avoid those. Walnuts. Yeah, I think so. Walnuts. Yeah. Walnuts, yeah. The, yeah I, actually, I actually tested that out too. Last year, I was like developing uh, mild Rea uh, allergic reactions to avocado like my my throat will get a little bit of itch I'm sorry a little to bit. Hear that. oh no yeah, okay. I love so it got a little itchy and then toast. <laughs> and then i washed my <laughs> diet exercise every day and then i started you know testing out eating a little bit of avocado and then yeah i did i wasn't getting the reactions like the huh. throat itchiness i was getting before so i'm just wondering Maybe, you know, exercising every day, watching my food intake helped with uh, my immunity or my, or my allergic reaction, possibly. That is a possibility. I, um, you know, it, it's possible. You know, I don't 100% know for sure, unfortunately. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, it could be that you boosted your immune system by taking care of yourself a little bit better. So it's, it's right. possible that the immune response was less. Um, you know, I don't fully know 100%. Uh, I do know though that there's made up allergies, like my shellfish allergy is also made up. It was really just my mom telling me when I was a kid, because we were Jewish and we didn't want to eat shellfish. So she was like, you're allergic to shellfish, you can't eat them, that's it. I'm like, are you sure? Yes, and that's it. You know, when did so you find out that you were not allergic to <laughs> When I was tricked into eating like scallops in uh, like my freshman year of college. It was oh. not fun. You were tricked? Oh my God. I was tricked. See, I didn't know what it was. It was like in like a, in mixed in like, like a sandwich. And so I, I just kind of bit into it. Like there was just, a, it was like a bunch of vegetables. There was a whole bunch of stuff in there. It was like vegetables and a bunch of different sauces. And I didn't know there was like fish ones and there was chicken ones. And I thought, you know, I was having the chicken one. I'm like, these are chicken, right? And my fraternity was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I <laughs> oh ate it. And I was like, this is like, this doesn't taste like anything. This is weird. What is this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the fish one. That was scallops. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not allergic. I don't know. Yeah, that's what happens know. to me when I ask people, is this vegetarian? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Do you find that being a vegetarian, it's challenging for you to like find something to eat outside of like a salad at a lot of places? Yes and no. Yes, because I hate salads. And <laughs> no, because I found there's a lot of vegetarian options nowadays out there. Yeah. I mean, we can debate on how healthy it is, you know, just like the, the Impossible Whopper. But most places that I go to, they either have a vegetarian option or they can a vegetarian option so mm -hmm. nowadays no not really 
And mm. I think it also helps because my mom, my mother and my, my sister are both vegetarians as well. And my mom is a phenomenal cook. So oh, wow. that, that definitely helps a lot. Okay. Pre-COVID, we used to love, uh, well, I used to love going on Yelp and just searching on um, restaurants that have like vegetarian options or like vegetarian restaurants in general. And it's just kind of fun because we go out and explore and try new food. Are you vegetarian as well? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you got to find something suitable for him. It's like having yeah. a kid, right? Yeah. You gotta, that, you that's make sure the there's something part. Yeah, yeah, that's the tough part, but it's fun. That's good. That's cool. Because yeah. I could, I give you guys a lot of credit, uh, a lot of respect. Because I could, uh, I could never do vegetarian. I mean, I struggle with like this whole meatless Monday thing. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but uh, I can barely do that. Like it's rough. I usually have some kind of meat for lunch, like almost every single day. So I don't know how you guys do it. I give you credit. Why did you? Why did you yeah. start meatless Mondays? Because it was like this initiative at like Long Island, like when I went to school at uh, my bachelor. So like, oh, you should have meat, you know, you should be eating, reducing plant-based diet, reducing the amount of meat in your diet. So they're like, everybody mm-hmm. should do meatless Monday, one day a week. You can do it. You can cut it out. Meatless I Monday. really want to meet this guy. I mean, if your impression is spot on, I, I think he'd be a fun <laughs> guy to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Um, he seems to seems to just say a lot of things you know and he's always being impersonated i don't know but yeah meatless monday became like like massacre monday like depressed monday <laughs> it's terrible okay i want to backtrack a little bit i want to ask you uh going back to your hospital work why did you choose uh specifically hospital work is it is it fulfilling because i know you mentioned like there are other dietitians that you can work with clients um, was that a path that you considered? Um, why did you choose your current path? Good question. So I think, I think, uh, as far as being like, in, like, a, a one-on-one dietitian, seeing clients a private practice, I really don't believe in gimmick nutrition and quick fixes. And I'm very honest and I really tell people not what they want to hear. I tell them what I truly believe. And, uh, it's not conducive to a lot of what people want. People want a quick fix. They want like, tell me what to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. What's my meal plan. And I don't really subscribe to that. I kind of think you make slow, gradual changes and you live with yourself and you kind of, you know, and and that doesn't really sell clients nowadays. I'm also not really like, you know, posting pictures of my beach body all over Instagram and stuff (laughs) like that. So there's, so that's, that's definitely one thing, but as far as working in the hospital, I always knew I wanted to work in the clinical setting. I always feel like you can really give back more that way, working with people who truly could really need your help. Um, there is a drawback, you know, people aren't always willing to and ready to make changes the same way they are when they come to you, or presumptively they are when they come to you in like a one-on-one setting. But uh, even if you can just make a small difference, like educate somebody on their diabetes or educate somebody on their kidney disease, uh, that's like the fulfillment that I get because these are skills for life, nutrition. You know, these are things that are always going to apply and everybody eats food. So, um, you know, you can, it's just the, the little things that I find joy in. I could have nine out of 10 patients tell me like, you know, oh yeah, yeah okay, whatever. I'm not here for nutrition. You know, I broke my leg, whatever. I'm not here for that. But if the one person was just kind of receptive and said, oh, I didn't know that, you know, 
okay, I'll go home and I'll try that. Like that, that's what it's all about for me. I always wanted to do clinical for those reasons. So how's, how's hospital life right now during this um, epidemic? And uh, do you have any COVID patients that you're working with? So our entire hospital as of a week ago was COVID pretty much. It was, there was one unit that was not COVID. We had over 500 patients in our, in our hospital. And we only had like 600 something beds total. So we were completely overrun. Wow. Uh, fortunately, it's starting to get a little bit better. But since they're trying to, uh, as we were talking about the PPE earlier, because they're trying to res- preserve them, they don't allow us to go up to the units. So um, we have to stay in the basement and do our work through the phone and um, try to call patients in their rooms and families and stuff like that. But you still feel like you're kind of in the hospital um, dealing with the patients and, and it's not the same sense as the nurses and things like that. Um, but you still hear all the different, you know, they're calling codes all over the hospital. You can, you know, you can see the other staff are very stressed out. So it's not really a fun place to be, but it is getting better. And I am grateful um, that our boss allows us to stay safe in the basement and, and work remotely also as well. Nice. Um, you mentioned great. that you have a buddy system, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> so why do you why do you guys have buddy system? So Christine is my buddy, and um, I didn't choose that. And, uh, <laughs> Forced upon you. So, <laughs> so because half of us are working from remote, and then the other half of us are working in the hospital, and then we switch. And the reason for that is because there's like a bear bones staff minimum that they want at the hospital so um, basically so your buddy is there in case there's something that you need done in the hospital that you can't get done remotely like you really need help tracking down a doctor or a nurse there's other avenues that they could go to in the hospital to get that done so christine is uh is the best buddy (laughs) nice do you guys have any questions you want to Ask Jeff. If not, we're going to move. Two truths, one lie. lie. All right. So we're going to do two truths, one lie. And this is the segment where we have the guests lie to us and figure out which one is the truth and which one is the lie. So, Jeff, what do you have for us today? Okay. In no particular order, I have that I broke my femur during a snowboarding accident when I was younger. I have uh, my fiance and I almost both went to the hospital on our engagement night. And I have that I lived in a haunted apartment. Oh, this is cool. Wow. I have a question. Where, where is the femur? Femur is in your leg. It is the big bone by your hip. It's a very large bone. It makes up the majority of your leg before you get to your knee. That would be a bad accident. Were you also yeah. snowboarding when you and your fiance went to the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we were not snowboarding when we almost went to the hospital. So what happened in, in that situation? Yeah, what happened? Why? So uh, to give you the, I'll give you the medium <laughs> version like you gave me. So um, I had planned to, we, we just purchased a home together. And I was planning to propose and I thought that it would be romantic of me 
to propose in the new house as we were kind of getting settled, kind of like a new life together type of a thing. Oh, not in the haunted yeah. apartment. No, no, no. This is not the haunted apartment. Oh, okay. So this isn't, they're separate. Yes. Yeah. So this is in the house. And uh, we ended up going to Home Depot because we needed blinds. And I had the ring in my pocket. So romantic. And I said, <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Oh, well, of course. Do you think Home, Home Depot? You think romance? So I ran, uh, I ran back into the household. I had to go to the bathroom and I lit candles and had everything all set off, the lights off. And so we, you know, whatever, we come back from Home Depot, I propose, yada, yada, yada. But we were still unpacking all of our stuff. And I had a, um, an X-Acto knife and I was slicing open boxes and I looked away and I actually sliced open my hand pretty bad. Oh. And uh, so then we were trying to take care of that. And while she's unpacking boxes, she left like a dumbbell on the, on the coffee table. And then it started to roll and landed right on her foot. Oh my so, god. This I'm was the same night. She's like and she's wow. in agony. Oh my god. So, oh, ouch. Yes. Did you have to get stitches on your hand from the night? I was well, you know what? I never actually went to the uh to the doctor, so uh did, what? did her, what about her? Did her foot swell? You know, it did, did, she have, did she have enough protein that week? <laughs> it swelled up. Um <laughs> And we iced it down, and the next morning she woke up, and the thing was huge. But uh, fortunately, it doesn't look like she broke anything because she kind of hit like the like the fleshy top part of her, like that's not really that fleshy, but the top of her foot kind of. How heavy was that dumbbell? Eight pounds, but it fell. It fell a couple feet though. Ooh. Ouch. Okay. So number two is true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The details, huh? I want to know about the haunted apartment. Me too. That's always a good story. Yeah. So the haunted apartment was back in college. I went to in Buffalo. Um, We had just moved into this apartment and my roommates and I were probably a little bit screwed up. uh, And I was hungry and I went to go put a hot pocket. As you can tell, I was eating great. I put a hot pocket into the microwave (laughs) and the microwave was on and I started pushing all of the buttons and none of the it was just like lit up but like nothing was working so i kept pressing and pressing and pressing the buttons and then all of a sudden the thing beeps a couple of times and then up on the microwave pops 666 the three digits no way the microwave it kicks on and it goes into like hyperdrive and then all the lights kick out in the apartment and we booked it and we didn't come back the next day we did come back we slept out that night the next day we came back we stayed there the whole time everything was fine but we every now and then we would hear like like almost, almost as if you had a cat running in the attic like a like you just hear those noises all the time uh living there oh, going forward no that's crazy how long did you guys live there about two years <laughs> <laughs> Two years. The microwave accident only happened once, and nobody okay. believes me, um, <laughs> and that's okay. And what was um, the final straw that said, "I gotta, I gotta get out of here"? Well, we had, we we had his uh, his grandmother come and bless the house, and uh, <laughs> when that didn't work, we I said, "That's it, I'm graduating and I'm leaving." So. Uh, that was it. Wait, so the the apartment owner's gra- uh, grandmother? Or- no, no, no. My roommate's grandmother oh. came 
and bless the house and she'll put like sage everywhere and oh i seen her she was on the conjuring <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> did it work no no that's why you moved <laughs> yes fortunately graduation actually saved me so i can move out of there because i didn't want to stay in buffalo okay now let's get back to the boring story then the snowboarding <laughs> what actually yeah. what happened so I was nine years old or 10 years old, I think. And uh, my friend was Catholic, a shock. And um, their church group was going on a snowboarding trip. And it was like an over one day thing to Hunter Mountain. And um, I was invited. And I said, I've never snowboarded before. I don't want to do it. My mom's like, no, Jeffrey, you're going. So I, <laughs> I got on the, the bus and we drove up there. And they were giving away one free snowboarding trip, uh, excuse me, one free snowboarding lesson to anybody who had never done it before. And so they taught us like b basic essentials of how to stop and how to uh, keep going, you know, lean this way. And pizza. That, well, that's actually for, that's I think, skiing. for skiing. Oh, skiing, my, my bad. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Hey, so for the snowboarding, I, we went up on the lift and we're on the bunny hills, of course. And I get off the lift and I start heading, trying to, to go down and I'm going down. And then I, I say, wait a minute, like, how do I, I don't know how to steer. So I start heading off of the trail slightly, not too far off to the right. And they had the, they had it like roped off with these big like poles sticking into the, sticking into the snow. And I didn't know how to stop myself and I was getting really scared and I'm going fast. So I, throw myself backward like just to get onto my butt and I slid down and I, and I did it too late and I slid down and my entire leg smacked into the pole that was holding Oof. up the the stanchions that were like walking gliding you off and I was screaming and crying at, at bloody murder and um they had the they called the EMT over like the uh, like the snow whatever they are the snow EMT and uh, they called them over and they they immediately immobilized my leg they put me up on the stretcher and then they they got me in the ambulance and fortunately it's not too far i don't think there's a hospital too far from there and they drove me to the hospital i spent two days in the hospital up there wow and uh said that i had a that i sustained a couple fractures in my in my femur and that they weren't going to uh they weren't going to operate necessarily on it but they have to um, what they do is it's called like micro fractures. So what they do is they actually inject, um, they like, they use like, a, like they make small little fractures all around the, the big fracture to promote healing in the, in the leg. And then they, I had to have a cast and it was immobilized and it had to, uh, and I had to be like that for like six months, six, seven months. I couldn't do anything. And when I took Damn. the cast off, that leg was super, super skinny and like, really mm -hmm. lacking protein and muscle and it was uh <laughs> oh that's the good. most oh, dangerous gosh. bunny slope i've ever heard of <laughs> no yes. okay i'm iffy on number one and number three but i'm kind of leaning towards the snowboarding number one personally what do you guys think mm. i think it's number one or number two uh, i'm not sure I'll go with number one. I think. Oh, every everyone thinks that your your snowboarding accident was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, are you, you you locking in? 
Which one are you locking in, James? Uh... Before that, do you guys have any other questions for Jeff? His stories are pretty um, detailed, but yeah. number one, it's just like a bunny slope. I don't know. I, I'll go with number one. That's kind of uh -huh. why I'm choosing number one, too. Also, number three with the microwave, the 666. I'm just like, really? Yeah. It sounds absurd, but maybe it's true. Right, because yeah. number one, number two sounds normal and then number three is kind of wild i want to believe so. number three is true because that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah, right. you're, he's traumatized for life but yeah number three i hope it's true <laughs> i think i'll go with number two that's okay. the mildest one out there number two where him and his fiance almost almost goes to the hospital right okay well, yeah you're not you're locking in number two i'm locking in number one annie what you got one okay we got two for number one and one for number two jeff please tell us which one is the lie so some of you are correct uh oh. it is number number one is not correct i did not break my <laughs> hey. you guys got me with the uh with the you, bunny slope you yeah. probably broke something <laughs> did you break something else no, I actually didn't break anything. I just really screwed up my uh, my leg was all bruised up. But I never went uh, to the hospital or anything like that. They just uh, they just like gave me ice and whatever and sent me to like the snow patrol thing, not the band. Yeah, nice. pretty yeah. believable story though. Yeah, yeah. Number three is true though with the six 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 on the microwave and yeah. the way I've always rationalized it was like. Um, maybe I was pushing all of the buttons and then I just happened to hit like the six, like three times in a row. But the weird thing is that it's four digits on the microwave. So why would it stop at just three digits to this day? Nobody believes us, but excuse me, but my roommate and I knew what we saw and what it was. Now we also were a little screwed up, but that, uh, <laughs> that adds, you know, people don't believe us, but like it's if you saw Bigfoot, like, you know what you saw, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to uh, Paranormal Activity Ten with you guys in it. <laughs> is six 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 a devil's number or something? Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. But okay. we never we never had any issues with any kind of ghosts. But that place was haunted. I don't even care what anybody says. And <laughs> the other thing is next to our house, because we rented out the top and the bottom of the house. It was like a fraternity house. Next to us was like an empty lot. And there was a rumor, I don't know how true it is, that the house that was there had burned down previously. So we were thinking maybe wow. like, you know, if it's true, maybe the thing from the burned down house next door was like haunting our apartment. But I don't oh, know. Maybe, but maybe we know what we saw and heard. Maybe you're, maybe the person living in your apartment burned down the next door house and then now the ghost is uh, haunting your on. microwave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you very much there. for sharing your two truths, one lie. Um, no now's your chance uh, if you want to tag two or three people to, that you think would be interested or interesting enough to have on and do this segment as well. So um, do you have any people, two or three people off the top of your head that you, you want to Christine, tag? yep. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do Christine, okay. I'm just um, kidding. Uh, yeah, one of my um, one of my friends, Jared, and um, 
you probably wouldn't do it. And uh, one of my coworkers, Brian. Cool. Is he a dietitian as well? He is a dietitian as well. I work with him. He's the other unicorn. Um, <laughs> so perfect. Oh Jared, Jared and Bryant, we're calling you out. Yes, he's the same. I had a question, actually. What is it like um, working with predominantly females in this field? So you know going into it when your classes are like, there's like three guys and like 30 girls, uh, you know that you're going to work with women. But I guess it, I don't know, I'm like part of the girl talk now. Like, I don't know, it's just, (laughs) it works out, you know, it's okay. and I, I was never single or anything like that during any of the, my schooling or job. So like, it was never- Is that, that fortunately or- I am sorry to hear that. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably very fortunately, if you like, I'm very fortunate. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, you know, um, it's all right. You know, girls are cool. All right. Girls are cool. You heard it here first. Yes, that's right. You guys have any more questions for Jeff before we let him go? One more. Um, Yeah, I got one too. What got you in the hobby of your fish tank? We didn't. Uh, Yeah, so growing up, uh, my dad did not like animals. (laughs) That was a huge sigh (laughs) for that story. he did not like uh, animals and I had always begged for a dog or a cat or anything, just something. And he knew better because had he allowed me to have them, he would get stuck taking care of it. So one day I come home from like, like Hebrew school or something like that. I forget what it was. It was on a Sunday and I go in my room and I hear this bloop, 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 like noise. And I go in there and there's a fish tank in there with a goldfish. Aww. And so it, it started my obsession with fish tanks and slowly IQ move right there. it grew and grew. Yeah. And then my dad used to take care of that anyway. So the joke was on him, but <laughs> then they passed it off to me. So and now I do it. off that. You did mention last time when we spoke that there were some rare fish that you used to own or raise. Um, what's the story behind that? Any like yeah, so, that you had? So there, there well, yeah, some of them are, are more uncommon. They're called African cichlids. So they live in these freshwater lakes in Africa. There's only three lakes that house these fish in the world. Wow. Um, and they have like this weird like breeding dance that they do you can probably Google it where they just like circle each other and get all colorful and striped up and like, just keep like circling each other, like a cartoon, like, 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 um, like they're showing off to each other and the male fish have on their, like the bottom of their, their bottom tail, um, have like these little yellow spots that are called egg spots. And they do that to show the woman, like, look how many eggs I can give you. And so when they breed, they like do this, this circle, 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 circle thing. And um, the male starts to, uh, the woman like conjures up a bunch of like um, eggs, like blank eggs. And the male kind of does his thing. And the female runs up to the male's tail and starts uh, like catching starts catching the stuff and filling up the eggs in her mouth and then swims around the tank for three weeks with eggs in her mouth and doesn't eat anything. And so after, after they did this dance. Kind of reminds uh, me of a weird version of duck, duck, goose from primary school. <laughs> duck, duck, yes. duck, goose. But it's a very bizarre thing. That's why I mentioned it. And they're so really happens- colorful, beautiful fish actually. So what happens after the three weeks 
um, he leaves and they're never, no, they, uh, after, <laughs> after the three weeks, she spits out the, the newborn babies into the tank and they either get devoured. Issue. Yeah. Without any issue. They're actually, uh, it's in their anatomy to go weeks without eating. <laughs> um, and so then they, they spit them out and they, they hide in the tank or they get eat one of the two. Some people do what they call stripping the eggs where you catch the fish and you hold her in your hands and you take like a Q-tip or something like that and you hold open the bottom of her mouth and she spits out the eggs or the fry or the babies, whatever. And then you can kind of uh, in like a little separate container and then you can choose to raise them separately if you don't want your female to go weeks without eating. It's, it's crazy. I know it's, it's crazy. It, it sounds crazy. Yes, wow. it's fun. Okay, James, one final question for Jeff. What do you got? Oh, so uh, what's your favorite breed of cat? Oh, we got If you have one. Fish, mm. we got the cats in. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've really only owned, unfortunately, one that fortunately, two cats in my life. They're current. So I'm going to go with American short hairs because that's what they are and they're the best. So what do you like? I, uh, them? Do they not shed or yak up any yeah. hair balls? Well, they don't, they don't, they don't get like that super really long, like mane that makes them kind of look like, you know, like that you see in all the videos. Like, you know, they, I, they're just, they look clean. They look sleek. You know, they're just like, uh, I don't know. They, uh, they don't get like super long, crazy hair that gets everywhere. So yeah, they, they do shed, but it's not as bad. And they, um, I don't know. They're really cute. They're good. You know, they're good cats. Man, you would get along with my cousins, Tina, and also Alex. Love, love, love cats. Yeah, cats are amazing, you know? Yeah. They take care of themselves, and they're, they're really good companions. They're awesome. I have this conspiracy theory that they kind of take over your mind because my cousin <laughs> Tina was an entirely different person prior to owning a cat, and now <laughs> she's like a cat zombie. You know, I'll let you know in like a month or so. We'll see. <laughs> but, okay. So far, so good. That wraps us up. Uh, Jeff, again, thank you very much. I want to just uh, give you a very big shout out, a very big thank you for joining us on the show. It's been a lot of fun. We learned a lot. Um, do you have any um, links or social media you want to shout out or any causes that, that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, you can follow my Instagram at what underscore the underscore buck. You can be like my, I don't know, 80th follower yay um no honestly the only the only thing i really want to shout out is not a specific organization but all the healthcare workers that are out there on the front lines busting their ass every single day uh, keeping everybody safe stay home do the right thing be good love you thanks all right awesome. you heard it here first thank you very much and thank, thank you. you for all the healthcare workers out there putting their life at risk so we can all stay at home so stay at home and for everyone at home, don't forget to stay ridiculous. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What about what? You don't want your juice on your No. I'm a little tired of the orange flavor. <laughs> Isn't that what your juice is made of? That's true. It's the Jeff and Annie and James Redonculus Show.
awesome.